This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome movie lovers back for another Anatomy of Movie. Here we talk the extinction of dinosaurs. We're not 65 million years in the past. No, we're in 2018. Stay tuned as we talk Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The sequel to a rebootish movie <laughs> for Jurassic World. That's what we're dissecting here on Anatomy of a Movie. I am Phil Svitek, but of course, I couldn't do it alone. In fact, I wouldn't want to. We have Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. And Dimitri Panos. Hey, everybody, movie fans. Welcome back, Phil. It's good to be back. We missed you last week. Uh, You know, we did our best, but it's good to have you back. Well, I have to, you know, I had to come in to make sure I scold you. Here's a little fun joke as we begin. Dimitri's wearing the Jurassic Park t-shirt, which is in poor taste if you've seen Jurassic World. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Nobody's ever accused me of good taste, so... (laughs) Uh, as always, we we <laughs> hope to deliver a very exciting show for you guys, where we not only discuss the plot of the movie, the storylines and themes and our opinions, but of course, more of the behind the scenes, so it's not just a review show, but also an informative show. As such, there will be spoilers, so, um, you know, you've been warned. You know, and I want to talk about that, because people have actually said, you got, like, why do you wait so long to talk about the movie and and it's because to give you the audience an opportunity to have seen the movie so that you can be part of the discussion because I, the whole idea of this show is to talk about the movie as if we've watched it together and then we go out and then we talk about everything about this movie, what we like, don't like. So that's why it's a week after gives you ample time to watch exactly mm-hmm. and some people would argue that's not enough time <laughs> here we are we give you seven full days to watch that's it. true we have we have been accused of spoiling a movie it's like but it's been out for, for a week now and we always say spoiler hence the spoiler also additionally to that if uh you know we're gonna get to a lot of the information as much as we can in our rundown but nonetheless if uh, you want our full research, it is there provided for you in the description box. It's a PDF. All you have to do is click it, and it'll appear, and we try to give life to that research because life, as we know, does find a way. Yes. It does find a way. Yes. So Absolutely. With, without further ado, let's start with overall impressions for the movie. <coughs> Marissa, kick us off. All right. Well, I've always been a fan of the Jurassic park movies and when jurassic world came out a few years ago you know we were excited to talk about that one and then watching this one i was excited to see this one i knew it was going to be fun i knew it was going to be ridiculous and i knew it was going to be ridiculous fun so going in with that mentality yeah you can have a lot of fun um i enjoyed it j.a bayona i love him as a director he he has like such amazing visual creative eye and putting it onto screen and i definitely saw that like chris pratt love bryce dallas howard she's an amazing actress so it was just it was another fun movie to watch fair enough dimitri 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's a really fun summer popcorn movie. Let, let, let's get one thing out of the way. I, I think we can all agree that Jurassic Park, right? Jurassic Park, the original, it, it sits on a peak all by itself. It, it's meaning you can't compare these movies to Jurassic Park because if you do, you'll just be like disappointed. What they've done in this Jurassic world, uh, a lot of it hinges on like they do play a lot on nostalgia. This one plays as much on nostalgia as the last Jurassic World did. Um, but they're taking it in a different place. So the magic, let's just say, or the, 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 the majesty of, of the, and the magic of dinosaurs as given in Jurassic Park, that genie's out of the bottle. You can't recapture that, I don't think, because once you see dinosaurs for the first time, which Jurassic Park did so well, you're just awed. Once that happens, we know that Hollywood can re go back to that well and make dinosaurs look real. It's all about story and what we do uh, and what they do after this. So with Jurassic World, I think Fallen Kingdom, where I think it wins is it takes the franchise in a place that I didn't necessarily expect it to go. Uh, I, I enjoy the fact that they gave consequence or, or there was an emotion uh given to, like, for the dinosaurs. For the first time, I think, in the series, because up until now, it's basically dinosaurs run for your lives and people get eaten by dinosaurs. This time they, they, they almost, like, they animalized them, like, like we would do with good pets or whatever. Humanized them, really. But we have an emotional attachment to them, and it brings up a moral ethical kind of question now people can argue that it's thin but it's there as to are they our responsibility things like that i like those themes in this movie uh it was a little bit darker uh we are no longer on the island which uh, which some people have criticized that and i'm like going if we stay on the island it's just the same movie over and over again i like that they tried to broaden this i like the characters listen it's not a perfect movie by any means i think sometimes our characters are in situations where there's an obvious out and they, for whatever reason, choose to go the hardest way out. Things like that. But ultimately, uh, I enjoyed the special effects and I had it's a summer fun popcorn movie that looked great on the big screen and sound. Uh, I actually enjoyed it more than the previous installment of Jurassic World. Interesting. Yeah, I had fun. I, <clears throat> I love the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World well, world. world. <laughs> uh, Universe. Yeah, I, I knew I was screwed as soon as I said it. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I see I see the flaws for what it is. And to me, it, it, in a sense, it's become a really expensive B-movie, to mm-hmm. be honest. And because the whole notion of weaponize the dinosaurs um, is just so outrageous to me. And we've gone away from the spectacle. And, and to me, we haven't necessarily explored new themes. And I like that we're trying. Um, but to be honest, it, it, it's weird because on the logical side, I understand every argument and, you know, I'll bring them up on the emotional side. I view it as like, I, I just don't care. I like dinosaurs. <laughs> and it's, a, and that's, was the awe of the first one is like, no matter, no matter what humans think, they're just in awe of dinosaurs and they had to do it. Even though Ian Malcolm says, you know, you didn't stop to think if you should, you just right. were curious if you could. And, and still I'm too curious how we will continue. Well, you brought up two good points and that, that, that are, I 
very believer discussion worthy. One of the things about the last Jurassic World that I wasn't a big fan of was this weaponizing the dinosaurs. It played a a, a, a big part of the plot in that movie. And I really think they minimized it. Like, it wasn't discussed as much in this movie. And I think that's one of the things that I liked. They talked about it for a little bit, and then we never heard about it again. Uh, then it was all about auctioning and then running for our lives <laughs> within this haunted mansion-esque uh, castle. So that's one of the things that I appreciated about it. And I do think, as you were bringing up, like, even for the the the, the most ardent chaotician, there is still, I think, a, a good debate that it can bring up about dinosaurs and whether we should do it or not do it. And in this time, though, it really made a good argument for the for the flip side of what Ian Malcolm was saying. Even though I still believe what Ian Malcolm was saying, I agree more with that only because of the consequences. But I get what you're saying. Well, I'd love to see dinosaurs. Well, let's start there. Let me. <laughs> this is an argument that I've heard, so I can't take credit for it by <clears> any <throat> means. But the sequencing of the way things open up is quite ironic, let's say, mm-hmm. because you open up with Isla Nubal, New, You know, you're there. You're on the island, right. and we have this horrific thing. We set up dinosaurs are kind of wicked and evil. Then you get Ian Malcolm talking to Congress essentially and saying that, as he's always said. Don't do this. This is the world's dumbest idea. So now we have two. One, we've visually seen and already through the franchise that this is a dumb idea. Then we get the centralized character who we've loved since day one saying this is a bad idea. And then we cut to Claire who should know better, but now she's in opposition of this. So I'm just, like from a, it, the sequencing itself is just kind of odd. To set up, no, the dinosaurs actually deserve life. So, there, yeah, the, the synchronizing of contradicting opinions of what should we do. Should we save the dinosaurs or should we let them go extinct once again? And I think that plays with everybody in the audience. Like, it's their own personal viewpoint of how they see the dinosaurs. Are they something fun to watch and have them kill other people? Or should we actually save them and give them a chance of humanity? Yeah, uh, it's... it's it, again, and it's the first movie that's actually sort of kind of done that. It goes off of that original argument where Hammond had said, well, if I was cloning condors, you wouldn't have a problem with that. And Ian Malcolm's thing was like, no, there, there is a difference. Like, dinosaurs had their shot. They died. Like, it, it didn't work. And Ian Malcolm has always been that way. And throughout the movie, throughout the series, he's always been proven to be right. And that's why I sort of like Fallen Kingdom, because this is the first time we see a flip side of that argument. And Claire, albeit she was duped in, as the audience is, right? Because we're we're saving the dinosaurs. We're going to put them on a, on a secluded island. We don't want to kill them. We want to save them. I think a lot of people would, would have, and again, it's, it's a good humanistic debate to do. Uh, and so I understand where Claire is coming from, uh, totally. Uh, but again, as I said, there's an emotional attachment to these dinosaurs now that I don't think really, I never thought that way in Jurassic Park. It, mm-hmm. As good as, and as much as I love that movie, you're like, first you're in awe of the dinosaurs and then you're literally in awe as you're screaming ah! <laughs> and running from them because there's pure terror. Like, why would you make a raptor? You know, stuff like that. But this movie, we saw that we sort of see dinosaurs in a little different light. Yeah, but here's the you know, 
and we'll we'll <clears> fill, <throat> we'll flush out the rest of the movie but sure. to take it from one point to the other by the end dinosaurs the, the the title's quite ironic jurassic world they are now among us Mm-hmm. You have a T Rex roaring at a lion. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually, I didn't realize there was going to be a post credit scene. But there's dinosaurs in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I could tell you how that goes. Not good. Yeah, no. It, and it sort of proves Malcolm's point. And what do we do? And that's the interesting part of this movie. It's like, and and I think it, it's a good debate too. So when Chris Pratt's character, uh, I forget his name right now, um, oh. Owen, oh. Owen. So at the end of the movie, so he's like, he sees blue, right? And there's a re- this is I liked how we we had an emotional attachment to Blue, right? Because we threw flashback and everything. When he says, "Hey, man, you can come with us," and like, of course, Owen would know how to care for him. But then when they pan to the cage, and Blue's like, uh-uh, and he peels off. I'm like, well, great. How many hunters is he gonna like? He's not just gonna stick to a deer diet. There'll be hunters out there. And how many people is he going to kill? And then we see the mesosaur on the beach. So. There's uh-oh. a girl, by the way. Uh, blue. Uh, yeah, girl. They're all girls. <laughs> they're all girls. So that's one thing, too, that, that's interesting. Because in Jurassic Park, they, they, they made a point to say, not only are they all female, but that didn't work out in Jurassic Park. Life found a way. But there was the lysine factor. So if they didn't get a certain enzyme... From people on the island, they would just die off. I, I take it they got rid of that lysine. Well, that went away there. in the Lost World, from if I remember 100% correctly, which I don't necessarily remember 100%. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that that was discussed. Life found a way. But you, you mentioned that there's the shot where Blue's looking back at the cage, and that's just the symbolism of like if she stays with the humans, right. she's going to be in a <clears throat> caged type of world. She's not going to have freedom. And that's why Owen essentially kind of let her go. Be like, yeah, be free. Be amongst the humans, but also amongst your own race, your own animal kingdom now in the human population. But it, it was just the symbolism. was like, if she stays with the human, she's going to be caged. She's not going to have a life. No, I understood. Well, let's backtrack <clears throat> one step. Sure. Uh, one of the really interesting points to me was, uh, you know, we're, we're at the... We're at the climax. Do you push that button or do you not? Do you let them out or do you not? The humans don't have a say. It's the clone girl that pushes the damn button. I know. You know, it's so funny. I I did love this moment because I consciously, there there was a great line there like uh, when Owen says, if you push that button, there's no going back. Now I'm just consciously thinking, if you push that button, there's no Jurassic World 3. So I was like, we have to have let them go. So right. there's just adds that storyline so we can see it in the third yeah. movie. And you knew it was going to happen. Come yeah. on. No, I, I mean, I, I think there could have, <clears throat> if you get really creative, I think there's a, you, someone creates dinosaurs. Like the, the, the technology right. exists. So right. I, I think it could have worked. I was just more, I, I want to get you guys' an opinion that the clone does it, not a human. Right. And, I think it's actually very apropos that the clone is saving the other clones. Yeah. And it's, I think there was even a line, it was somewhat symbolic. Again, anybody can argue, like, this is a popcorn movie, it's a summer movie. Anything that we're saying, people could argue that it's very thin, but we are talking about it, so I think that it's relevant. I think it's very relevant because I think it was purposely put in the story, and I think it was purposely put in that a clone did that. 
Because what kind of a life is the clone going to have if people look at her as a clone? Or as a human. Yeah, and so I appreciated that. I also, taking that clone story, I appreciated uh, a little more of the backstory of Hammond and and, uh, Cromwell's character. I mean, it makes sense. Lockwood. Lockwood. I mean, because... Up until, well, in Jurassic Park, you think it's all Hammond, and that all makes sense. And it's not like they retconned anything. They just gave us more information that we never had, and something tore them apart. Hammond, we learn, he did have a line. And it, you know, and it wasn't, the line wasn't dinosaurs, obviously, but it was cloning humans. So that he had, he did have his moral line. Uh, which I find interesting what tore them apart. Did anybody, did anybody figure out like she was a, a clone before the reveal happened? Because I was like, I had a couple of theories as I I'm watching it, the movie. I kind of realized when they showed the picture of the grandmother and the little girls, like they look exactly like mm. something's off here. Yeah, they did hint a lot of references of you look exactly. Do I look like my mother? Yes, mm-hmm. you look like you look exactly like your mother. So there are and that in comes hindsight. Back in yeah. hindsight, because I was thinking like people were like going, Ooh, "Could it be Laura Dern's? Could it be Ariana Richards who played Hammond's granddaughter in the original? Maybe it's her daughter or something." Because they did make right. Oh yeah, you've been you were at the park a long time ago. I was more concerned with uh, when, when you talk. Me, pardon me. No worries. When you when you talk about Lockwood, um, it essentially like him and the assistant. That could have been a role for one person, and any time mm. you sort of split that off, there's a reason. And obviously, one's good, or as good as it can be. And then right. you have the complete. I'll use the word dickwad. Yeah. <laughs> he was a tool. He was. He was a tool. And for the first time ever, we get a completely evil character. Because, uh, you know, we, we've had flawed characters in the past. And, you know, you can argue their morality. But this guy was single-minded. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wanted to punch him so well, bad. Also, in Lost World, there was Hammond's... Uh, I don't know if it was his yeah. nephew... The guy who was taking the... He was sort of a jerk, too, but not but as he was, bad as this guy. He was just... You know, he just believed in the dream in a different way. But right. this guy... Again, he's going to bring the dinosaurs off the island to here, have them be uncaged Maybe so they can money. be used for warfare. Yeah. For, for money. For money. For money. <laughs> Which they didn't make that... Like, if you're going to auction off dinosaurs, I would expect a lot more than $20 million per dinosaur. Yeah. Rafe Spall was... Uh, Played Eli Mills. Yeah, he was he was a jerk. Oh, I wanted to punch him so yeah. bad. Yeah, he's such a, um, he a, he did he great, but yeah. also just the the establishment he, to to show that the audience said, yeah, he has good intentions. <clears throat> you know, that was such a crock. Yeah, but also, and it's not a knock to the actor. He had a little bit of a lisp, mm-hmm. and it it just bothered me with the character development because I just could not take him seriously. <laughs> Honestly, like, and, and I know he was set up as the antagonist, but just his character development, I was like, I cannot listen to you and I cannot take you seriously and believe that you are, like, you're just a jerk. Mm. So, obviously, you're, you're going to get your come on pins and going to die by one of the dinosaurs. I can't wait which one is going to kill you. Yeah. That's, like, the only thing going through my head. Yeah, I mean, as far as this ultimately ends up the, being the MacGuffin, right? It's the bait right. and switch of it all. 
save the dinosaurs, put them on a different island. <laughs> you know, kind of the premise of Lost World, except right. they were already there. Um, this time around, as I said, it's the bait and switch, and we're, we're auctioning things off. Um, I don't know. What, is, what does that convey to you guys as far as intention, as far as the movie? Like, do we, you well, know, like what, what, what does it change about the ideas of the Jurassic Park lore? Yeah, well, I think it's just Jurassic Park. We know the, <clears throat> the dinosaurs were created purely out of love and out of respect and appreciation for a lost animal kingdom. They and, were like, also built for but, commercial purpose as well. Yeah, a little bit. But, like, it started with passion, as you can say. Like, the, the dinosaurs came back because someone truly appreciated the dinosaurs. And now, coming to 2018, it just shows that now they're the, the power-hungry and the money-mongering people out there are only now using them for business. It's not... It's, so it switches from something of love and appreciation to something to business and pure... Uh, I, I don't want to say, you know, it, it's just inhumane now. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I would argue that, you know, Hammond wanted to create uh, an amusement park, you know, and this is a classic Michael Crichton amusement park gone gone wild. Westworld is a, is a perfect example of that, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but Hammond's, you know, wasn't necessarily 100% altruistic. He wanted just to create this, this... This new world, this park, a theme park, so families can come and enjoy the technology. Now is out of the is is out. It's the as I said, the genie's out of the bottle. Doctor Wu is the only outside of <clears throat> say Jeff Goldblum, but he's the one that's been in pretty much all of these movies. I, I don't think. Well, he may not have been in Jurassic Three. I don't think he was, was in, in two, two or three. Okay, so he comes in Jurassic World. And he's the guy that knows how to create dinosaurs, not just T-Rexes, but he can make an Indominus Rex and the new Indoraptor. So he sort of kind of has bastardized the creation of these. And he, too, is like the mad scientist guy um, as well. So we have different kinds of villains in this new world, this Jurassic world, too, which I find interesting. And I'm glad that... uh, Dr. Wu, you know, is here. It'll be interesting to see. Well, as far as I think he's the biggest missed opportunity in both these movies because, Hmm. you know, he, in essence, when you talk about a lot of the first three movies, and granted, not many people love the third movie. I actually do. But beside the point, they talk about, like, we're playing God. And when you attribute that power yes uh hammond was a catalyst and whatnot and he could finance it but we've sort of now pitted everything on 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 henry um the doctor and so you would expect him to have a i don't know i want him to have more of a struggle in terms of dilemma um that he, he was right he was wrong or like why is he now doing this and to just give him a single dimension because in the in the first one he did seem a lot more tender and things like that and even if you let that be like hey you know we can make these uh, creatures which uh, that was the word oftentimes used in the first couple of movies we can make these creatures more humanized and there's a way to make this work then i could buy it rather than to be honest i don't even know why he's doing it if you guys can answer that for me i'm i'm, I'm happy i think money i mean he's being given an opportunity to do bigger, badder, he gets paid a lot of money with the whole military thing. He's getting, he's getting financially 
Um, he's, he's financially comfortable. He's getting a ton of money for doing what he's doing and what he's creating. And he's the only one obviously left. Um, and he himself had said, it's like, why would you create this? It's like, well, you told me to. Like, I have it in my contract. I can show it to you. Uh, he said something to that effect from, from, from the last Jurassic World. And then with the military, he knows he, he has a cushy gig. I don't care about these things. And you're right. He sort of changed. You're right. From the very first Jurassic Park, he seemed to take pride in what he was doing and manipulating the DNA. But <clears throat> when we see the birth of the raptor, he was, he wasn't like, like, rubbing his hands together he was like sort of kind of like yeah we did this and you know what we did every contingency to try to make them either quote-unquote docile but they are contained and controlled and now he really is the evil scientist that can manipulate and make whatever he wants to try to put together so uh in this indoraptor yep <laughs> he, he, he did he did it again <laughs> i just still think there's a difference between <clears throat> selling tanks and guns to a far off country to let them kill off each other and make millions that way, which I'm not saying I'm condoning, right. but I'm saying there's a difference when you actually sell live creatures that have proven <laughs> to not be good for humanity. Yeah. And I don't think he was totally on board with that, especially when they brought out the Indoraptor. It's like, what are you doing? Like, and he's like, well, I forget how much the Indoraptor went for, but. It was, it was like fifty. Was million? it fifty or up? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, was it like, got up to fifty, I believe. <clears throat> it's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> this is a prototype. The prototype, yeah. Well, well you it can works. make more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll create more. I'm glad that he's still in it, though. Like it's that one tie that we have, you know, of the the creating of the dinosaurs, and and the actor's pretty cool. I like B.D. Wong. So yeah. it's it's yeah. fun to see him. And also just his character establishes that he can create newer, bigger, better dinosaurs. So now we have the Indoraptor in this one. What's the next crazy one that we're going to see in Jurassic World mm-hmm. 3? That's a question mark. Yeah. You know, uh, the other thing, like, it's very ironic and, and Ian speaks to it, but the fact that there is a volcano just three years after... Um, and it was, you know, you could look at Hawaii the same way. It's got volcanoes there and active, you know, so so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there's always that looming trouble. But if, like, you talk about life found a way, well, life is now finding a way to destroy dinosaurs again, and we're meddling. And right. I don't know. What did you guys think? Did you guys think that was explored enough or not enough? Or just right? The Goldilocks equation. Too hot, too it's, warm, or too no, cold? No, it's, it's, it's a great question. I think it's it's part of the predicate of, of the movie. And at that point of the movie, because it's very early on, you go, well, of course he's right. I mean, you've got to listen to him again. Of course he's right. You can't... Like, you're right. Life has found a way, and now it was, it was a natural event that killed him the first time, and it's a natural event that's going to take care of this problem. Yeah, can't take him off the island... Let them die. We're not meant to be together. But then the movie, and that's what I mean, part why I like this movie, because it goes into those B-movie plots, like like auctioning off dinosaurs. <laughs> and, you know, I felt that during the volcano scene, number one, great set piece, running away from all this and everything that was going on. But if you didn't get a little bit emotional when... 
we saw the brontosaurus at uh. the dock, <laughs> and and then Viona purposely chose to have his farewell be like very similarly mirrored to what he how he was introduced in Jurassic Park. Gets up on his hind legs, and he grabs the tree. There's nothing to grab, but he's on his hind legs again, and you know that was. Somewhat of an emotional scene. I mean, it may not make you blabbering, crying, but you go, huh, well, that's a bummer. But- yeah, because, like, that particular dinosaur is the one that <clears throat> is a through line with all the films, is that right. that's one that you, the fans and audience just respect it because, like, it never created harm towards anyone else. <clears throat> it was just, it was an innocent dinosaur amongst every all all the other crazy ones and it's like you can leave that one alone it literally it's innocent it doesn't deserve the things that's happening to him yeah and it it was sad and it was the first dinosaur that audiences laid their eyes on this is the first dinosaur in jurassic park where the majesty of dinosaurs for people who love dinosaurs you're just like oh my god they actually did it like this 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 looks real you know, and um, so there's so it so that scene like hinges on a little bit of nostalgia. It was filmed really well, and then you actually have some sympathy. Going, geez, are the, then you go, we created them. Are we responsible for them? And when we should perform? So, and again, we're probably taught like it's a popcorn movie. Yeah, but these I, are the I things like that it brings things. up. Yeah. you know, you can't not. <clears throat> talk. I mean, in 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 earnestness, they. they there's a lot of articles that just came out yesterday about what would PETA do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so, well, you know. what would PETA do? Mm, well, but there would be probably people. save them. <laughs> Don't you think, though? Like, I, I do believe that there would have been a congressional. There would have been protests. Oh yeah, they, right. I mean, there would have been. They would an, save the dinosaurs. They, oh, of course. They said they would. Uh, according to them, I'm, I'm very briefly summarizing what was said, but uh, they would move them to a different island. That yeah. would be their thing. Um, now, to that point, though, as far as the movie, they, they do make a great point. You know, they said, like, hey, this was a private venture. This was not a government outing. Um, so, therefore, we can't we can't be responsible for the animals. Um, and that's a – and they're animals that were created that didn't exist anywhere else. So, I, I get them. It's – Part of the thing is like it is that weird dichotomy that it tries to be a summer movie and it and it succeeds on those levels, but it tries to be a little bit more at times and maybe doesn't hit on all cylinders right. there. I appreciated right. the effort. Yeah, there there's deeper themes with this movie where it's it's amazing. At one point, dinosaurs ruled the earth, and now it's the humans rule the earth, and now it, that. Um, race has evolved so much that humans now have the conscious ability to decide what's worthy of saving and what's not. Mm-hmm. That, in a sense, humans have evolved past dinosaurs um, in the, I don't want to say food chain, but, like, essentially higher up of, like, they are the top human or, like, animal kingdom right yeah. now. And they're above the dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. It's ironic. Yeah. So, it, and it's something that went back. Like, I don't believe Hammond would have wanted to unleash dinosaurs on the world. That well, was the whole idea of keeping them on the park. It was an amusement park. That's It was a theme park. Well, we also learned at the end of Lost World, he said, he, you know, that was his arc. He realized, like, this is not a good idea. We no. tried. 
they don't need our interference. Let no. them live. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Which, in a way, if you kind of look at it, the whole premise of Jurassic World, the first one, kind of... So the whole notion was that, uh, that that we shouldn't build this park, and it's like, ah, maybe we can. We can. If we we'll, can we'll contain do it. And it's funny because Jurassic World, the last movie, sort of goes off of Hammond's argument uh, in, in Jurassic Park where he's talking with Laura Dern over, over that they're sharing some ice cream. And he's like... That's where I went wrong. He goes, I'm not going to make the same mistakes again. And she's like, John, don't you get it? You're always going to make mistakes. <laughs> like, you, that's, you're going back into that again. So he has the arc, but somehow or another, those other people are like, well, we're not going to make the same mistakes that Hammond made. <laughs> we're going to do better. <laughs> well, they made better dinosaurs. They most certainly did. Hmm. Um all right, let's, speaking of which, let's humanize this a little bit. Let's talk about Claire and Owen. They're, they're our protagonists. They return to this one. Uh, they were together for a while. Now they're not because of someone left someone. We, we're not quite clear as to who. They're <laughs> fun together. Facetious. They're fun together. I like them. I, I like the, the pairing of them in the first one because we, we got, or like Jurassic World, they, they had a lot of quirky moments. We're like, these two are actually fun and how they play off of each other. Seeing it again in this movie, I was like, yeah. And then like the, the moments where they're like waking up next to each other and you're like, you knew there were going to be a moment between those two. Yeah. So uh, I, like, I like both of these characters because they're all... Um, both of them are fun to watch. You're rooting for them. Not once do you ever like really question them. They're like they're good characters and good protagonists to like root for throughout the entire sure. movie. I agree. I, I, to me, I felt that there was no need to break them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just no need because to me that's sort of cliched. Why not have just kept them together? Uh, it it why, why not? Because they, they are, to your point, good together. And I think the actors they, they chose have good chemistry together. So you buy it. Um, it. They are good protagonists to root for, to empathize for. They have similar ideology, albeit they are from different... You know, he's a military guy that can train, and she's a business person. But she has empathy. She created this. I like their... Like their differences also bring them together in a solid way, uh, and and they have they they obviously is the way that they're written in this movie. They 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 care and love for one another. I, I just felt there was no need to break them up. I, I would have the movie could have just gone on and they're together still, and I would have been oh, well, sure that makes well, sense. Well, they had different ideologies at the <clears throat> beginning, and so I mean, in a sense. It's tough because it's it's a contrived version of it, but you had to have them be separate. Certainly, an ideology, and then therefore, it's just easier to make it quite literal, and then bring them together. Yeah, so, but yeah. you knew they were going to end up together, sure. Again, anyway, so I agree with you, Dimitri. Why break them up in the first place? Yeah, it's it's when they were working thing. so well already. Yeah, and and they had that touching moment at the end of Jurassic World. It just makes sense that they could maybe you know maybe they weren't married, and maybe that was their bone of contention that you bring into this, but. For me, there was no reason for them to be broke. Why break them up only to bring them back together again? So that would be technically almost like the third time because they they at least had one date we learned of in Jurassic World. And, or they were together for a short time, and then they get together, then they break up again, and now they're together again. Well, well maybe you, Jurassic World 3, <clears throat> they'll get married. At that castle. 
Yeah, <laughs> on the island. I wouldn't mind seeing that, honestly. Well, you can make the same argument. We created dinosaurs. We learned that, okay, maybe they're dangerous, but then we tried again, and then we're like, okay, well, don't do that, and then we try it again. So, you know, it's, yeah. we, we make mistakes as human sure. beings. We, you know, things happen. Blue is going to be uh, the best woman. <laughs> maybe a <laughs> bridesmaid. A bridesmaid. <laughs> the T-Rex will be the best man. There you go. But, <laughs> but they could, they're like, at the trajectory that the relationship is gone, they're probably going to end up being married in that third one. Yeah. Just stay together. Yeah, it's fine. So let's start um, transitioning <clears throat> uh, into some of the more production stuff. And I think a nice sort of way to do that is what was your favorite action set piece? Hmm... I loved the action set piece slash sequence of when they're trying to get the blood from the T-Rex because you <laughs> knew it was going to be crazy mess and how they were playing, again, going off the chemistry and how they're playing with each other and like literally rolling around in, in this confined, solitary mm. space with the T-Rex. You know, oh, man. That that was fun to watch because it built a lot of tension, a lot of anxiety, yet was still fun to watch and laughable throughout. So you, you had action, thriller, perfectly blended together. Yeah, and, and action really, when blended with comedy, where it's like when he gets stuck behind, he goes, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a funny scene. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that scene as, and as, the slime. as much, too. Yeah, that was, like, was funny stuff. Nasty. To me, uh, for, for me, it was all the the, the escaping from the mm-hmm. island. I thought, my God, what a way to open up this movie. And that went on for a good at least 20, 20 minutes. minutes. And the way that they set things up and the double cross that happens with, with, with Blue, uh, the raptors. And then and then you had... Um, you had uh, um, uh, I almost called her Jessica Chastain. Bryce Dallas <laughs> Bryce Howard. House. You um, know, there's actually a running joke between those two because they always get confu- people always confuse them for each other. There's actually videos of both Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain sending out videos like, "I'm not Jessica, yeah. I'm not Bryce," <laughs> so, like, and they're actually really friends in real life. And, uh, so. we'll, we'll, That's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, so we had to digress there. So, so we're Claire and Franklin. We're like, oh, is that the T-Rex? That's not the T-Rex. I actually like that scene, too, because you had the, 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 the flowing lava was separating. It was basically keeping them alive from the dinosaur. And oh, I and he's that trying that to roll was... around while he's paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> the lava yeah. coming yeah. That, that was really that was cool. It, I mean, it, 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 that actually was a throwback almost, in a sense, to, to Spielberg. Because Spielberg's yeah. great at taking those smaller details yeah. and expanding them to their most... You know, highest in terms of sensibility, the, 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 the action, the thrillingness of it all. Because I, I could see, you know, some some of those moments in Jurassic World were just kind of brushed over pretty quickly. This, the tension stayed there. Yeah. And we, because number one, it, it's not just, oh, the dinosaur comes in, great, go out the hatch and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, we got to get a chair. We got to go there. And there's the lava. But then the dinosaur figures out the lava and gets to the passageway yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So... A lot of great little bup bup moments. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I really and, and even even uh, we escape from there. Owen gets uh, uh, his, his limbs back. 
You know, then they had the Indiana Jones moment as he's running with, like, run. Uh, the only thing he wasn't right. saying, yeah, he wasn't, start the plane, Jacques, start the plane. But, I mean, that whole scene uh, with the gyrosphere, we can only fit two people in the gyrosphere, running. Almost drowning. Goes, almost drowning. So there's just claustrophobia there if you're if you're afraid of drowning. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the whole island sequence, I felt, was, I really, quite, quite the summer spectacle yeah you know i think it's a lot of credit to um the director ja he 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 really made things dark and realistic and and i certainly appreciated that um from that perspective speaking of which since we're we're on the subject of um the evacuation as i'll call it (laughs) we do have a clip um of how they actually got the gyroscope to work um and how it all came together so and how they made it look like it was falling off a cliff (laughs) <laughs> and uh well that's the funny part it looked like that because that's pretty much <laughs> what they were doing <laughs> i always uh, like the the design of the gyrosphere because it's, so, it's cool. so like modern and cool looking and simple yeah and you're like that's brilliant how come we didn't think about that 20 years yeah. ago see and some people think like oh why is why is it working no it's just like a car that's in neutral <laughs> It's just rolling down the hill. Sure. It's not that it's working. It's, yeah, just, it's, rolling it's just rolling down the hill. Uh, so we're still uh, we're going to bring up that clip in just a moment. Yeah, uh, the gyrosphere was a great introduction into this world. Uh, I'm glad that it was used, and it was used really well, I felt, in, 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 this, uh, in this installment, too. Uh, and they just had fun with it. We're going to put these, you know, bat them around a little. We're going to throw them into the water. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the gyrosphere sequences a lot and again it was definitely um it was definitely done in such a way that we're not again the drowning aspect of it how it was typical to spielberg how are we going to get out of this like it's bad enough that we're rolling down a hill oh there's a cliff oh we're falling in water oh there's it's dinosaurs hard. also falling then, in water with us. Dinosaurs, and then Owen's trying to open up the door. I mean, it was that was a really great scene. It was yeah. really a lot of fun. So, um, and like J. A. Bayona, he he's great at like from his past films, he's great at disaster movies. Yes, um, and actually building that real human tension. Um, in situations like if you've ever seen The Impossible, which I highly suggest you do, but also before you watch that, buy like five boxes of Kleenexes because you're going to need them. Um, he, he's great at showing a disaster and like putting it and visually showing like real time of what people would go through right. in situations like this. Especially these two being stuck in a mobile, mm-hmm. in a circular mobile, and into the water. And I... The- I believed it. And then we have Owen, the person not in the gyrosphere, is like running for his life. And with, with lot, that was like the lava. Again, it's a, going back to your, it's a B movie. That lava was so close to him. Like he would have been incinerated just from the, the nearby heat, heat from the that. Heat. But, but it's a, it's a movie it's and a, I'm, I know. I'm buying it. I'm, was, I'm all in. I was also thinking about that too. I was like, this is one of the few movies that I've seen that humans actually survive a volcanic eruption. <laughs> and like, I think another movie that I can think of is Dante's Peak. Oh, <laughs> sure. Where, you know, Pierce Brosnan survived a, 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 uh, not a, hurricane, a, a volcano. I'm like, right. okay, there, there's some 
the it, you have to suspend your disbelief of no way can all the humans actually survive this eruption no. because they'd be breathing in toxic gas. Oh right my now. god! Yeah, all of them would be yeah. dead. But yeah, then we wouldn't have a movie. And one of the things too that that scene does is it brings about a lot of like nostalgia factor. So it's almost like a greatest hits. It's almost like a cover band. Doing the greatest hits from Jurassic Park. That's how a friend described it to me. And it makes sense because they had the, in Jurassic Park, we have Sam Neill and the two kids running from the dinosaurs. And then they, they the hop Jeep. over. Well, well, they hop over that the piece of wood, like mm. the log, right? There was a scene here where they're running from dinosaurs. They they, they take refuge behind a, like a tree stump or whatever. So, I mean, they did things like that in this movie where Jurassic World used items like the Jeep. Um, mm-hmm. things like that. We did see Bring the Jeep the, in this one. Yeah, I think it was flipped over. It was flipped over. It was destroyed, uh, much like it is on the ride. So I found it to be, I found those moments were the nostalgic moments. Mm-hmm. Other than just using items, he he paid homage to certain shots and scenes. Mm-hmm. The, the brontosaurus, so. And um, also the scepter. Right. We had Hammond scepter from the beginning. That's true, too. Um. You know, and what's what's interesting about that was like as great of a scene as it was, it was in light, right? right? Though, and mm-hmm. then everything after that gets very, very dark. By the way, um, we'll skip over the clip, but um, it's on slashfilm.com if you guys want to check it out. Um, anyway, so as far as the the hotel or not the hotel, but it looks like it's big enough to be a the damn house, hotel, the, the mansion, the mansion, castle, the haunted mansion. That's a that's. Five mansions all in one <laughs> from the exterior. Seriously, um, but you know it. I like the climax when when the 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 raptor blue versus the Indo raptor and all that. That was just so suspenseful and very. Um, so it speaks to his sensibility as far as the horror aspects yes. and 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 whatnot. And uh, I was for it. And let's not forget the way that that was filmed too. It was that those scenes were filmed great with 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 production design with cinematography it had that haunted castle feel it's gray the clouds it was captured perfectly i felt which led to that suspense and what's gonna happen and i, I love that it literally took us to the rooftops and that's the climactic moment and right just everything came to a culmination um, one of the things I did appreciate, like this is tying in the music. I think we do have this, the, the, uh, what you might call it. Gyrosphere. Uh, gyrosphere. All right, let's watch it even though we've moved. <laughs> we spent 10 minutes on, talking about this. But, but it's cool. It's okay. It's, it's cool. Look at that. It's a roller coaster. I love that. That's that, a real, oh my God. That is movie magic in the making. That's awesome. So for those of you just listening... Because all you're hearing is music. Um, it's a lot of good B-roll. Um, you can either flip over to our YouTube and watch that portion, or as I said, it's uh, from SlashFilm.com. Um, and you can just type that and look up uh, the behind-the-scenes making of Jurassic World, and it'll come up. Yeah, I bet they had fun filming that. Oh, my God. Oh, I crap. mean, it just looks great. Well, and, and they got a realistic response, reaction. <laughs> so yeah. they built a roller coaster, it basically put the gyrosphere on this roller coaster with the camera in it, and they just threw it off the highest part of that roller coaster, and they're there as if one might be. It was great, and I bought every single. I didn't know how the movie magic worked, and when I found out, I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And then 
figuring out how to put in the background and then the water. That sequence to me was just a ton. It was a blast. Yes. I know we're going we're gonna to sound like we have ADD because we're going to go from <laughs> one thing to another, then back to the other, then now back again. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, as far as the evening mansion showdown, um, it, it had elements. Remember like the raptor scene in the kitchen of Jurassic Park? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it took that spirit of Spielberg and, as I mentioned, gave it that horror feel. And, and the other thing I appreciated, it didn't bastardize any of the themes of John Williams. Now, um, if we're going to, your, your two points. Yes, the kitchen scene with the raptors that had our characters behind, like, a, I don't know what you call it, what they were hiding behind for the Indoraptor. Mm-hmm. But I like what they added to the element is that they had to keep on going around as the Indoraptor was... Smart. Sm- <laughs> yeah, smelling them out. Talking about the theme for a moment, and this is where... This is another place where I think really separate, like really says we're going in a little bit of a direction, a different direction here is that this soundtrack, uh, even though it's called Jurassic World, has very little Jurassic Park in the soundtrack, like very little. And I've listened to the soundtrack. Michael Giancino did it again. He used Jurassic Park. He uses that theme, I know, in Jurassic World. Uh, mm-hmm. But he set up the whole suite of Jurassic World uh, while still maintaining some Jurassic Park. This one, very little Jurassic Park in the entire soundtrack. Yeah. And it's still a good soundtrack. Really, really is. And it to me, it also it just solidifies that we're taking this in a little bit of a different direction. That seems to be a theme for a lot of these reboot franchise movies. Would Last go- Jedi, <clears throat> this. Mm-hmm. We're going in a new direction. Sort of, kind of. But that still has the Star Wars theme. I swear. If There's for, nuances yeah, to the original. And in, in very little. I, I, was, I was actually surprised. Uh, I'm just well, listening to the, the soundtrack without the movie. Marissa, did you like that? Or were you hoping that you would get more of the... I I appreciated the the nuances because Jurassic Park with John Williams, so iconic. I mean, every time you go to John Williams concert, he's going to play Jurassic Park for you. So and and I think and I just appreciate Michael Giancino stepping into such big shoes and taking over that role Mm -hmm. that he has to create his own sound so people of today's generation can understand Michael Giancino's soundtrack compared to John Williams, like. Let Giancino be Giancino. Let John Williams be John Williams. Yeah. And taking from what you said, too, it's like Giancino is born from the the John Williams era, right? So he gets it. We talked about him last week when we talked Incredibles 2. Mm -hmm. A completely different soundtrack from Jurassic World. But where his strengths are is he doesn't copy necessarily John Williams, other than use some of what John Williams tropes and instruments, right? They're in there in that orchestra, but yet he does do things differently. Even if he's doing a Star Wars theme or if he's doing a Jurassic Park theme, uh, he does, to your point, whereas he makes it, in a sense, his own. Um, I could have used some more themes or some more suites 
with within the soundtrack. But uh, on the whole, I think the soundtrack stands alone as being it's, it's very solid uh, being part of a franchise. I still say that the very underrated Tomorrowland, that's one of my favorite Michael Giacchino scores, period. I think he does a that's a great soundtrack. But Jurassic World here, I think I think when you listen to the two soundtracks, too, that's another hint that. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdoms goes in a different direction. The Jurassic World soundtrack is very solid to listen to. Mm-hmm. I feel like myself, and I do listen to a lot of soundtracks daily. Mm-hmm. So, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, as far as the overall production side of it, what I, the way I could summarize it is that whatever, whatever plot holes or um, shortcomings there are with the script, uh, J.A., he knows what he's doing, and he's just gonna he, he he's gonna execute what's on the page as good as it can be. Right, and I feel he he does that overall really really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just even from that opening sequence, like the, the way that worked out, where you have the submarine, we cut to the extremely wide shot of not the full island, but enough of the island, and the light goes out, and it, it's right. very it's very filmed like a horror movie. Um, and generally in, like certainly in the two Spielberg movies, whenever there's rain, something's going down. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, Although, yeah. uh, I have to say, and I'm not saying that he was inspired by this, but there's a scene in the not so very good Jaws 3 where there is a diver underwater at night with a flashlight and we're at the top of the raft and, the, and you hear, yeah. and the flashlight goes out. I did like... I liked how that whole sequence worked out and it made sense. And I loved how, because that harkened back to Jurassic World and our Mesosaurus and eating the, 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 uh, the shark. The, well, the Mesosaurus eating the, whatever, the Dominus the, Rex. The Dominus Rex. So he pulls him in and you're going, up oh, there it is. There are the bones. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I liked that, that whole sequence and that poor guy. Well, he, I made it. He definitely really. draws inspiration. Yeah, like like you, you talk about Jaws three uh, at the end when when they have the surfers. I mean that's sure. shallows. The shallow, yeah. That's taken Absolutely. out of the trailers. Yeah, I know. So you know, yeah. I don't mind that. No, it, it's listen. It's part of what makes a good popcorn movie. What I really thought was funny about this is uh, so Colin Trevorrow, who he wrote and directed Jurassic World. Uh, along with uh, a gentleman, Derek, I don't have his last name in front of me, forgive me. So they finished Jurassic World, and he said it was about two weeks, uh, and this is Colin Trevorrow, he's saying it was about two weeks after Jurassic World came out. He goes, I'd been living in Los Angeles with my family for about a year, and I had to drive back to our home in Vermont. Now, the key word is drive back to Vermont. So he's like... So I asked Derek if he would ride with me so we can use the cross-country trip to talk about where the story could go next. So it was a road trip that where, where Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was born out of. Probably a weeks-long-plus road trip to get from here to Vermont. Do you know if they went I mean, north? <laughs> no, only, only, be, only uh, because uh, the mansion is in Northern California in the Redwoods. I don't know. And so, you know, if they went that way, it'd be like, ah. Oh. And especially <laughs> because that's one of the first things they I could wonder. go They through. definitely yeah. went east because, you know, dinosaurs ended up in Las Vegas. So if you're going along that path as well. They could have. Uh, actually, that would make sense, you know. But the whole, just, just a road trip basically is how they're hashing out ideas 
And that's, you know, that's a cool thing to talk about. I would have liked to have been in the backseat of that car going, hey, that's a great idea. And then they'd probably throw me out. It's a good long time to like to be stuck in one place mm-hmm. and actually just state your thoughts. Yeah, and if you don't have satellite radio, radio sucks in that cross-country trip. I know for a fact. <laughs> so uh, what else are you going to do? Let's talk about our next, let's talk about the sequel. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and no one expected Jurassic World, uh, you know, that came out a few years ago to be as successful as it did. And yeah, as they were it hoping. was. Yeah. Ah. I, I could have predicted. That, uh, yeah, but I, think, I, know, I mean yeah. that movie. They had what, hoped yeah, that it was going to yeah. be big, and that, it delivered. That movie crossed what the billion mark. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, th- yeah like no one really expected Jurassic World to be as successful as it did. Right, minute came out. Yeah. Well, you know, now going into the second one, they did a whole marketing push that this thing could have made three movies just in the promo budget. Oh my god. 185 million promo budget. Ooh. Ooh. So add I'll that take to the one of that. Right, yeah. So, so and add that to the 170 million production budget. So yeah. we're over 300. My math is almost correct. It's over 300 million dollars, right? That's a lot. That's a lot of that's a but but what's amazing. Okay, so I, I don't know if we still want to talk production. Do we want to talk, you can talk numbers? About, you can for, talk for a little, little bit. production. Yeah. What do we got? Well, I just want to talk about going into the weekend in which this was opening. Many, and, and this just pisses me off about our trade papers and such and websites. Many were saying, oh, it's only going to make 120, maybe oh, 130. I, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> only? Okay. So. It might only make one twenty, maybe one thirty. It'll be a it'll be a disappointment. It's going to disappoint at one thirty, which is a lot, right? It ends up, but it ends up doing one hundred and forty eight. So it ends up doing one hundred and fifty. But what we keep on neglecting to talk about is foreign. This movie has done six hundred and four million dollars from foreign territories alone. That's 74, that's almost 75% of the gross, the worldwide gross. That's crazy. So we have $809 million worldwide. So for trades to keep saying, if it only opened up at 130, I get it. That mean, It does mean that it's less than, than, the, the, than the previous movie. But you got to remember, too, that the previous movie, there hadn't been a Jurassic Park movie in a while. Expectations were high. They did a great job marketing it. Right. So And also, crazy. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom premiered foreign first. The, the other countries got it before America. America was <clears throat> right. one of the last countries to get this film, which is, you know, ironic. But it makes sense for the marketing because it is such an international type of movie yeah. that... Of course, the foreign numbers are going to be bigger than America. They oh, got it first. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're looking at the opening weekend for Jurassic World was two hundred and eight million, which is a lot. Okay, and this was one hundred and forty eight hundred and fifty. So the worldwide, the total gross for Jurassic World is six hundred and fifty two um, domestic. So we're looking at two hundred and four thus far. We're going into Fourth of July. Still going to be number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they ain't losing. I, I don't believe they're losing money unless we have some 
shady Hollywood accounting going on. Right. And mm-hmm. there's no really big tentpole movie that's coming out this particular weekend. No. That would be competition to this one. Yeah. You have Sicario and Uncle Drew, and which then no the offense purge. to either. <clears throat> then you have The Purge. So, look, the number one, it's going to be the number one movie. Incredibles is going to be number two. Whatever's three and four, they're going to have to duke it out. But I do not see our rankings between those two movies changing. And people are... People have been liking Jurassic World, this Fallen Kingdom, with, a, I believe it was an A- minus in cinema score. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just very... I, I wish that the trades... Number one, they were off again in their tracking. But if a movie only does 130, I, I get it. The, the, the last one made 200. We're in a different time now. Don't write it off as a failure before it's before all Before it in. is already released. Yeah. Well, it's uh, reminiscent of to the themes of Jurassic Park lore, where we all make mistakes. <laughs> no matter, despite our greatest intentions, we always seem to mess it up. Yeah, yeah. There's one way here before. And this movie sets itself up for a third one. Oh, like I mean, perfectly. Yeah, you knew at the end of this film, you knew there was going to be a Jurassic World three. If yeah. this is like a basketball analogy, which we're going to do, Doctor Dr- <laughs> their Uncle Drew, Uncle Drew, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Drew after this. That's a de- Drews. Awesome. Someone just threw the ball up. It's right there. We already have a guy jumping in the air. No one's within ten feet of him, and he's ready to slam dunk it. And we've cut there. Yeah, that's what we've set up as far as this movie. Right. It's the lab assist for the alley oop dunk. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, you know, I will say we were talking about the little uh, things that may have annoyed us. Well, I, I do think that the movie could have used more Goldblum. Like, yeah. it could have used more Malcolm. Um, he only had one it, scene. It, yeah, that the pretty much bookended book the yeah. you know the, the movie. But it would have been, you know, unless they just felt it was too lost world for him to be running around dinosaurs. But come on, for the third, you got to get Goldblum. Sam Neill and Laura Dern back. Got to bring them back. I mean, you got to come full circle. I mean, if you're going to go in nostalgia, that would be awesome. What would they do? What would they, yeah. <laughs> and he'd call and be like, you guys want to go in my bunker? Because we're going in a bunker. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that that, you know, you have to do that. But on the nitpicky part, so I said at the top of the story that sometimes characters, like, there's an obvious way out. And they choose the hardest way to get out of a situation. And one that comes to mind is, so we have this, um, not the Indominus Rex, the, 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 Indoraptor. In, the, we have the Indoraptor on top of the garden. There's the, the, and he's on glass. And Claire has a gun that shoots bullets. And, uh, you know, we have Chris Pratt on the other side. And I'm just like, I'm like going, oh, well, this is easy. Yeah, that's all I kept. I kept on thinking of Alan Rickman in Die Hard going, shoot the glass. And what does she do? She she puts the laser on his chest. And I'm like going, why are you doing that? Like, that makes no sense. Just shoot the glass. And he's going to fall through. (laughs) Stuff like that. It's like 
in any movie that happens, but it happens well, here. And I'm like, I mean, in all fairness, the, the the guy, one of my favorite, mo- one of the best deaths I think in all of Jurassic history <laughs> was was the Tooth Commander guy. Oh yeah, he just had to get the Indoraptor's tooth. Just had to, right? And you know, I, listen, I get it. That's a prize for some people, but <laughs> the fact that he goes in to an auction. No one's around. Huh, this is a good moment for me to do this. Nothing wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> and you knew where that was going to lead to. And in my <laughs> audience, there were so many kids who I purposely... Really? Yeah, so many kids that who should not have been there. Huh. But like all the kids were like, karma, karma. I'm like, yeah, we knew. We knew that was going to happen. He's going into a cage. First, you don't put yourself into a cage with a seemingly... Already passed out dinosaur. You know it was going to be bad. He was just an idiot. It, it's Freaking not. Idiot. Not only did we know, we hoped. We <laughs> hoped that he was going to die. Like a gruesome, a terrible, death. like a terrible. That death. death lived up. That was it. Yeah. Did it? It, it did. played possum it, with it. Oh yeah. yeah. And, then. and it was it was a terrible death. This too really set up your villains. Even more so than past movies. Like, Jurassic Park didn't really... Outside of Nedry, you didn't really have a jerk that you hated that you wanted to get eaten. But even... So even the lawyer, like, you you know, it was funny that he ate a lawyer. Okay. Well, that's what I liked about <clears throat> uh, those first movies, though, in particular, is because you didn't have... Like, even Nedry, at the end of the day, he... I get it. He was underpaid, and, and, and that was the big you know meme of it all like spared no expense spared no expense right you, you didn't pay the, like i don't you know i don't have the numbers in front of me of what nedry was actually getting paid and how much he wasted <laughs> right but you know there was a side to him that i understood i understood the argument whereas yeah. this they're just like you're just evil the bad guys were were bad guys and the bad guys got at like real good they got their karma <laughs> yeah oh absolutely even the scene that you were well talking deserved. about when uh when nephew there got got eaten, mm-hmm. that was great. Oh, it was a good jump scene too, because you thought it was going to come from one way, like the, the dinosaur just comes from the side, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that was good. And even even the uh, the, the auctioneer, he was such a oh, prick, and then just like jerk. he turns over the elevator, still there. Oh, man. Yeah, that was sort of kind of like the Burke death uh, in, in Aliens with the elevator. But yeah, it was like the bad people in this movie got their comeuppance, with the exception of Dr. Wu. He lives on to, 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 to see another day. So we can see dinosaurs. a bigger, better dinosaur. But Blue is now Blue. tainted, and he was so hurt by that. He's like, oh. you're putting T-Rex blood in the monster. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. How dare you? But go on, That's all right. with my creation. Let's go back. Well, I want to talk about Blue in, in that T-Rex because... This movie does what they've always done since Jurassic Park, and meaning the the blending of digital technology with actual practical effects. So they had puppeteers mm-hmm. doing blue all strapped down and, and, and taking the bullet out, um, which is great. Uh, the same thing with the T-Rex. So it makes it number one. I think with uh, the creating of those 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 molds, those casts, uh, and and when you edit in the sound and you have the the goop from the teeth or whatever, they look real. They look great. I mm-hmm. think, and it adds to the suspense. I, I think it's. I love it. It was. Um, I thought they did a really good job. 
put I that like, blending this time out. Yeah, I like it. I like <clears throat> it how it makes it more realistic with the animatronics, and you can get the real time reactions from the actors as yeah. well. Jay Bayona's another film of his that we also did cover on Anatomy of a Movie, uh, Monster Calls. That was a. Uh, Big, a lot of visual effects, sci-fi and, and that, but a big monster. They actually created a practical life-size creature. So J.A., he, he's not, he's no stranger to having real-life, um, you know, puppeteering on set. So I like it. I mean, he knows the craft well. Yeah, and um, talking about uh, real reaction. So J.A. Bayona did, he took a page out of Ridley Scott's book. So, meaning that in, in Alien, they didn't tell Veronica Cartwright that this uh, thing was going to pop out of the chest and the blood splattered on her face. So, right. it's a real, that's a real shock reaction. Well, he did something similar, similar with Franklin Webb, in which they were working on Blue and the blood came, came out and hit him in the face. They didn't tell him that was going to happen. Is it <laughs> so, in my mouth? But he's like, ah! <laughs> he was like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, that kid was funny. Hey, I got to, uh, I want to talk about this Zia Rodriguez for a bit, this, uh, who played Daniela, or actually Daniela Pinata, who played uh, Zia. I really liked her character uh, in, in this a lot, too. Um, really good, strong female. Uh, had some really good pieces. Like, a lot had of punch some good punchlines. I, I enjoyed watching that character. She was uh, like the next movie. evolution of a Sarah Harding. So, okay, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. much more wittier and things yeah. like that, but mm-hmm. yeah. You know, where she was equally a strong character. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you knew this, too, but the character is supposed to be... Uh, she's supposed to be a lesbian. And there's actually... It's literally, there was supposed to be a throwaway line when she was talking to Owen. And she says, oh, I get it. Like, meaning why I get why Claire likes you. She goes, you know, you're strapping, square jaw, you're a man. She goes, if I, if I was into that sort of thing, I'd be, like, I'd like you. But they say that they cut that scene out for time. And I'm like, it, it. Knowing if she's lesbian or not lesbian, this isn't one of those cases where it really adds anything to the movie. Yeah, it's not it's necessary. A, it's yeah, it's yeah. almost just to throw it in there, just to throw it in there. Yeah, a lot of times, like <clears throat> what I appreciate, like if you're gonna have a character and uh, the lesbianness doesn't define the character, right? Mm-hmm. By any means, you know, no. like she is, like that's just part of who she is, but it doesn't, as far as the yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. But she, I, I did enjoy her performance, and I like that character. I hope they bring her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I liked her. She kept Blue alive, so yeah. you know that she's for the dinosaur. She's just another good character totally. to, again, root for. Yeah, yeah, I liked her. I liked her new characters, too. I thought... Uh, that like, was funny. I was so... He, like, who? Uh, you know, Frank... Frank Franklin, Webb. yeah. Yeah, Franklin Webb, who was always screaming at the top of his lungs like a girl. That was actually <laughs> funny, because he kept... There were so many... He was the, the... I don't want to say wimp, but he was the wimp. Um, that you're... Like, you're still rooting for it, that's like, oh... Um, when they're running. Right. And I think there was a line that's like, no, we, we got to save him. Yeah, we, <laughs> we got to save him. Save but the, what, what's interesting about what I felt about Franklin uh, was that that character could have been extremely annoying. But but he wasn't. And outside of the screaming, actually had something to do to help the cause and to move things. And and he wasn't annoying. He, he was comedic when needed to be. And I think that's good part of editing and and uh, your direction. It's like you know when to cut down and you know when to 
but to tone this down, we don't need a whole thing of him screaming, but I, I liked him funny. too. Yeah, and I felt that Franklin and Zia, their chemistry, they were fun together. Like their opposite. Only one wasn't yeah. a lesbian. It's only one. <laughs> what are you gonna do? But it's fun to see a younger <clears throat> generation also now in this part of the cause. Because no offense to the original cast, they were all older. They're in their like thirties, forties. They're they seem more professional, and right. and it's cool to see like the younger twenty, thirty year olds like still within this world yeah. and seeing like your own self. Well, I mean, I'm in my like 20 so like i it was like i could have been that person yeah you know to, so to see my generation help the dinosaurs i thought it was cool and relatable and, and it's smart it's it's smart to do what i am really surprised is why haven't we seen um hammond's niece and nephew like come back i mean they have to, like they're in therapy right now. They're like, save the freaking dinosaurs. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I'm rich. Like, have somebody from the from from the Hammond lin- lineage, uh, like come back, or maybe they'll be in Jurassic World too with Sam Neill and Laura Dern. I'm just putting that out there. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of which, that about does it for us. We've we've talked a lot. Uh, of course, we can always talk more, but that's what the comment section's for. We like to interact with you guys, give you the opportunity to let us know. What you guys want to talk more about, what we didn't go into, uh, or anything else. Yeah, I want to ask something because I have found that this movie has been, even though it's gotten an A- in cinema score, some people that I've spoken to have been sort of polarized. Some people have really just not liked this movie a lot. And I was not on that end. Um, I, I am curious about our, our viewers or the people who listen, if they are one side of the spectrum or the other. But uh, I have talked to people who did not like this movie at all. And logically, I, 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 I get, get it. it. Yeah. So, you know, I can't argue. But absolutely, we encourage you to let us know your thoughts. If you won't feel like ranking all the five current movies from, from best to worst, by all means, it's always a fun game. And a lot of arguments come of that. In the meantime, uh, you can also interact with us uh, on a more direct level. At Serafini TV for Marissa. That's and right. uh, we recently just did... Uh, if you guys like books and movies, we just did uh, What Dreams May Come for Adapted, which is a series that me and Marissa do monthly over on Book Circle Online. So feel free to check that out. Yes. Our next book is The Princess Bride. We should do Jurassic Park. Yeah. Maybe one day we, did, we did Princess. Yeah, our next one's Princess Bride, but you know, I would I might be even open be down to for reading Jurassic Crichton. Park. Yeah. But that's but a good one. I'd it's be a, open to reading Crichton. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one too because of all the plot changes that they made to, to uh, so to many finish. plot changes, <laughs> oh. so much nostalgia at D Movies seventeen oh one for Dimitri. Yeah, support me on Twitter and uh, yeah, I tweet. I'll follow you back usually and uh, make your comments on YouTube. Uh, I I will write back, especially if you're kind, even if you dissent, even if you don't like, uh, you disagree with something. So long as you put it up in an intelligent. Uh, decent way i'll write you back there you go yeah. and i'm at phil Svitek. um thank you to julia in the booth for engineering as always we'll see you guys next time on another anatomy movie we've got uncle drew coming up we've got um sicario and in fact we're gonna have a special guest for sicario as well 
Um, Marissa will not be here with us next week. We'll miss her, but yeah. she will be back. I'll, I'll actually be gone the next two weeks. Look at that. Look at you. You're going but to Jurassic Park for vacation? Yes, I'm going to my own island, actually. Um, but well, in the meantime, like come... Marissa, yes. you can catch, during those two weeks, if you are vacationing, catch up on all the past anatomies. <laughs> we have done Jurassic World. We have. Yeah. So catch up. Catch up. So much, so much in the past, you know, and so much to look forward to. So... From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.